This is fancy, man. Your setup is so legit. <laughs> This is the Regular Pastor Podcast. My name is Landon Coleman. I am the preaching pastor at Emmanuel Baptist Church in Odessa, Texas. Today, uh, we have a return guest, Mr. Josh Green, by far the coolest guest we've ever had on the podcast. Uh, you can't see him. He has way more facial hair than the last time you were on, yeah. way more buff than the last time yeah. you were on, not to be too awkward, but yeah. you're Mr. CrossFit now. And uh, Josh is the lead pastor at Redemption, which is just up the road from us. And uh, we're excited. I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. Welcome. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I uh, I like to think that the first time I was here, I was a boy, and now I've become a man. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a while. You were our first guest, my first guest on the podcast, and we just talked about the idea of being a regular pastor. Yeah. And uh, I know we try to get together for lunch every now and then. I appreciate your heart for ministry. I appreciate your heart for the gospel, your heart for your people. And uh, I'm excited to visit today. Uh, I appreciate that. I've been wanting to talk about the issue of sabbatical for a long time on this podcast. This is one of the very first things that I wanted to do an episode on. I've never done it, so I don't really have a whole lot to contribute (laughs) other than questions. And I didn't want to talk to somebody... Who had never done it? I didn't want to talk to somebody who had done it a long time ago, and so I've almost been waiting for some sucker to <laughs> yeah, to come off of a, a break <laughs> or a sabbatical, so that we could talk about it and um, uh, get your take on some of this stuff. So you just—I know that you know—we were talking just a minute ago. You guys didn't call it a sabbatical; you called it extended time off. Uh, but the concept is kind of the same. Yes. Um, just tell a. Uh, Tell me, tell the listeners a little bit about what did you do when you went on this break? Where did you go? What did you do? What was involved? Um, what did it look like for you? Well, um, so my my family has access to um, an RV, and we have state park passes, and we love... We have uh, four boys at the house right now, and they age from... Uh, from two to 12. And so they're obviously very active. Um, we also homeschool. And so we have a lot of freedom to kind of move. And then we also are blessed because we have things that we would normally have. So, um, we actually went state park hopping for an entire month in September. And so we spent, um, a couple weeks in the hill country. We were at junction and then we were at Blanco and then we spent a week at Abilene state park, which is much more beautiful than it sounds. (laughs) And then, uh, we spent the last week in Paladero Canyon, which was, you know, it's actually the second largest canyon in the United States, and it's beautiful there. It's, awesome. it's unreal. Yeah. So, our worship guy just took a, a overnight trip with his wife to Paladura Canyon to yeah. hike, and they hadn't been there. And when they came back, they were like, "That was incredible. Yeah. That was really cool. We didn't realize how big it was." And yeah. And I know it doesn't compare to the Grand Canyon, but it's a it's a well. Neat I've place. never been to the Grand Canyon, and so it was, it was pretty good for me. You know, I liked it. Yeah. But, uh, the kids loved it. The we got some great pictures, great scenery, had great conversations with the kids. Like um, it was, it was really was incredible. And awesome. So, super thankful. Very cool. So, all total, you were gone how long? 
Um, I was gone about the entire month of September, give or take. A little over a month? Yeah, right at 30 days or so. So I'm curious, uh, whose idea was it? Where did the idea come from? Well, I wish I could say like how smart and wise I am, how I could see <laughs> the future and how I have planned so well, but that that's not my story. And so what happened was I, I've been at my church for tw- over 12 years straight now. And so I got there in August of 06. I've been the lead pastor for a little over seven and a half years. And so if you do any reading on sabbaticals, mm-hmm. pretty much everybody is saying you, a lead pastor probably needs a sabbatical between years five and seven, mm-hmm. uh, give or take a few. That's good news. I'm coming up on five. Yeah, so there I'm we get, go. There we go. on the books. <clears throat> but so um, that being said, um, we had kind of... Uh, one of the guys on my staff named Tanner had had kind of brought up the idea of sabbatical a couple times, and man, just if we're being totally honest, in like, what context? What do you mean brought it up? Like you and him over lunch? You guys at yeah. an elders meeting? What? Uh, over lunch? Like personally, just one on one? Also, like in staff meeting or like okay. in our kind of our leadership team meetings? Like okay. he he had said it more than once, and I shut it down quickly every time. Why? Because I'm prideful and stupid. <laughs> okay. But like, seriously, like... Because you thought you didn't need it? Exactly. Okay. I thought I was fine. I thought I was good. I didn't... Like, I guess in my... like So like some of the stupid like thoughts, like looking back now, I can really like dissect all that I was thinking. I was really convinced back then that I was right. But like, I thought I was in a much healthier spot than I was. I didn't realize I was nearly as tired as I was. And I didn't feel like our church could... Like was in a spot for me to do that, which okay. is a really dumb dumb uh, idea. You didn't but think that's they could where afford it? You didn't think the yes. church could handle you being gone? Yes. And, okay. okay. Especially being a small church and okay. the pastor's a generalist, and, you know, okay. a lot of stuff falls. And so like yeah. all this stuff has to happen for me to be gone. Um, looking back now though, it, it's the same idea. It's like, if you don't take care of yourself, it's going to be worse later. Yeah. Right. And so like you, you gotta, you gotta take care of yourself and be wise about the things you do and don't do. And so like what happened was, uh, about Fourth of July this year, I was kind of in a in a really low spot. Um, just um, and and the guys close to you could see that. Yes, and um, it kind of comes in waves. Like I don't, I haven't been diagnosed with depression or I don't take pills, but like I definitely get in these swings where like I really struggle with a lot of negativity, okay. a lot of negative mind chatter. I kind of get down on myself, even like doubt my calling. If we're just again yeah. being honest, and so July Fourth around that this year, I kind of had one of those kind of couple weeks were like, man, I just couldn't get out of my head. Mm-hmm. I was struggling. And I actually had the thought that like, maybe I shouldn't do this job anymore. Mm-hmm. And that really scared me for one, because it, it's never kind of been like my mind chatter hasn't ever gotten to the point where I was like, maybe I should quit. Mm-hmm. You know, at the same time, though, I don't think God was, it wasn't from God. And I don't right. think it was true that I should quit. But I, well, I think what happened in that moment when I had that thought, like the Holy Spirit was like, Okay, it's time for you to start paying attention. Yeah, kind of an alarm. It really was an alarm, and so for me, so it was when like, you were when you were thinking that, were you thinking I shouldn't be the pastor of this church anymore, or were you thinking I shouldn't be a pastor anymore? I, I was thinking, what if my skill set's better to be like a number two guy or to do something else in the church setting okay. rather than like be like the lead guy? Okay, and so like again, like that's probably a different conversation. But what happened in that moment, the Holy Spirit showed me he was like hey you're much more tired and worn out and in a in a in a you're in a worse spot than what you admit and so like from like once i admitted it right then and i was like all right admitted like, it to yourself or to the other guys that i, are I was with leadership. my wife at the time i admitted it to myself and i talked to callie and she obviously agreed because she's closest to me and okay. she could you know she feels the the she deepest knew. effects of like when i kind of get in those those down moments and so 
like I kind of started talking with the guys. We started kind of talking about what it could look like, especially because it was short notice. Um, the guy, the guys on the leadership team in our church were really gracious and said, Hey, like, this is kind of crazy. This is kind of fast. The church really isn't a spot to do a lot financially, but like, we think we can cover the, the month of September, cover all your stuff, cover the preaching, do that. You guys can unplug and take a break and we can bless you with that. Mm-hmm. And so we we're obviously crazy grateful and wow. um, it was super good for, for me personally and for so, our family. So you've been in ministry and at this church 12 years yeah. and some of your guys uh, in leadership begin sort of bringing the idea up, talking to you about it. Internally, you reached a point where you realized this is probably something that I need to do. Yes, you go back to them to say, "Hey, I'm I'm interested in this. This might be helpful." And they jumped on board, and you made it happen. You took four or five weeks. Yeah, took your family with you, hopped around, unplugged as much as you could. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have people calling you from the church? Did you have emergencies come up that you know they need to talk to you or what? No. So we spent the month of. August for the most part, kind of getting everybody ready for us to be gone the month of September. Um, and then like, you know, we have really capable leadership at the church. And so they, they really did a great job handling everything that like, so I, I got no phone calls, but the, the church kind of knew that we were taking a break and unplugging. They did share it publicly. Mm -hmm. This is what's going Uh on. We're sending them off. And then I put like a thing in our handout that just kind of had a little write up that was in our handout for a few weeks that said, Hey, here's what's happened. If you want more information, I can explain it to you. Love to explain it to you, but here's kind of the, what's happening over the course of September. People in the pew knew from you what yeah. was going on, where you were headed. And yeah. And then I've talked expect. about it a couple times too. And then we really just try to overly communicate it. And from the pulpit, mm-hmm. from the platform. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, honest about me being tired. Yeah. Also honest about like um, like it being a good thing. It's not a punishment or a reward necessarily. Yeah. It's like um, it's me caring for my soul. I also started some pastoral counseling in that time just yeah. because... Most pastors don't have other people pouring into them. Yeah. And so I sought out a guy to kind of um, be another pastor who knows exactly what it feels yeah. like to do all the things that we're doing. And he just, he has no skin in the game at all. He's not even in this state. And he can just talk mm-hmm. to me on a heart level, but he can also be like, yeah, I understand that sucks yeah. and and kind of counsel me in that way. And so that's been really good as well. Okay. So let me tell you a story and then I'm going to tie it to, uh, it's not a story about sabbatical. Mm-hmm. Just tell you a quick story. Um, something that I've heard in a church setting and then relate it to a sabbatical and get your reaction. Okay. So I served at a church where back in the day, all of the staff ministers lived in parsonages. Mm-hmm. Over time, they got rid of those as guys left or retired. And it came down to a situation where you had one guy left living in the last parsonage. Nice. He had been in that house for for decades, like over 30 years, lived in the same house. Um, The church had always factored that into his salary, so they paid him a little bit less because of what he was getting there. He made the mistake of not ever saving for a home, thinking that someday he would retire and need a home. And it was sort of all coming to a head where here's a guy who's about about, uh, ready to retire, He doesn't have anywhere to go. He doesn't have any money, but the church has this old, not super nice parsonage. My suggestion walking into that as an outsider was, why don't we give it to him or sell it to him very, very cheap to bless him with it? The response that I got from some, not all, but from some was, 
no one ever gave me a house yeah. because of my 30 years at yeah. a job. Why would we do this for someone else? So my question is, when the average churchgoer hears somebody say, your pastor needs a extended time <laughs> off, he needs a sabbatical, he needs five weeks away to go live at state parks, or he yeah. needs, you know, we talked earlier off mic about, you know, two to three months, extended long times that yeah. some guys take. I'm just, I'm filtering that through what I think a typical churchgoer might yeah. say, especially, look, we live in the in the oil field. Yeah. They're not offering sabbaticals. No. They're offering pay Over, overwork and overwork, offering. Yeah. but they're not offering, you know, you look tired. Yeah. Why don't you take a month? And we'll pay you. Just yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you heard something like that, I'm not saying how would you argue. Yeah. I don't want you to argue. I just, what are your thoughts? What's different about the pastoral role? Because yeah. I think it is. Yeah. What's different that might necessitate some sort of extended time off or sabbatical? So I don't know that pastors like work. I don't know that it's helpful to say who works harder, pastors or somebody else. Like, I don't think that's the right like way to think about it because I don't know that we work any harder. I think our work tends to be different. Mm. In that um, we're called to carry a lot of weight uh, with people, right? Like obviously Jesus you know, like carries the burden of our sins, but like we're called to walk and bear one another's burdens and to uh, walk with one another. And so like even though we kind of have some set hours, we work every week, in a real way, we don't really shut off. Mm-hmm. Like we can take a day off or two every week, but like, I mean... You have a very, like most pastors that I know have a very hard time shutting down, kind of thinking about ministry or thinking about what's next, or even thinking about how to articulate a certain thing if they know that it's coming this Sunday. Or like, you know, like most people's emergencies and most people's, you know, traumatic issues, they don't really respect your days off or your evenings with your kids. Like when it happens, it happens. Like you yep. said, you got called out last night at 11, right? Yeah. Like that just happens. And, and when so, it happens, you go. Yeah. And so, like, I understand there's other people with jobs that are on call and their phones are open and all that, but what we're talking about is we're we're carrying, helping carry the load of, like, like marital issues and, like, problems with kids and, you know, um, just some very deep, heavy stuff on top of trying to lead a church and organize and kind of get us going in, in the right direction, all the while trying to take care of our own spiritual life mm. and then also love our, our wives and kids, you know, before the church, even though we're called to lead the church. And so there's all this complex uh, stuff that comes into it. And if you're not careful, you get into the routine where, you know, Sunday's always coming. No matter what your week looks like, mm. Sunday's coming and you better be ready mm-hmm. and you better figure that out. And so you can get in this mode where like you're almost in autopilot, just kind of going through the motions. And you can also, it's really easy to get to the point where you're not really dreaming about the church anymore. You're not really, um, like, it's just not, it doesn't, like, it doesn't excite you the way it used Mm. to excite you. Um, And so like pastors are just as susceptible to some spiritual dryness and, and to all kinds of stuff. And part of that comes from you know, maybe not doing a, the best job caring for ourselves, but also it comes from just walking with people who are hurting and yeah. suffering and going through a lot or yeah. who are making boneheaded decisions. Yeah. That you have to counsel them again, yeah, the yeah. same thing through. And so it, it's a lot. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. And my mind goes to Second Corinthians 11. Yeah. And I just read a little bit, um, not too much, but a little bit. Paul says, uh, I'm talking like a madman and you know it's about to get good. 
He says, I have greater labors, more imprisonments, countless beatings, often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews 40 lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Night and a day adrift at sea. Frequent journeys, danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, hunger, thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And then, verse 28, apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Yeah. I think some church members read that list and they say, whoa, all that stuff on the front end is really heavy, and then he tacks on something kind of silly. And I think pastors look at that list and we're like, yeah, give me all the front end, but it's the daily anxiety for my church and my people and their health and their families and their marriages and their children and the direction of this body of believers and the health of it and the discipleship of it and my family and all of it. That's the weight that yeah. makes the pastoral position yeah. unique. Well, and that, and and I think if you've not, I don't know how to say it without being sounding dramatic or sounding like "woe is me," but like it, it to feel the weight of being the lead pastor and to feel some of the weight of what God's called you to and leading His people. Like if you've never had that weight on you, it's hard to understand what it feels like. Yeah. Um, at the same time, like I understand God calls and equips and gives us all the things we need to do it, but like to deny that it's heavy or difficult or that you're not tired and some of that, like that that's that's a little crazy, you know. I'm actually gonna do an episode in a couple of weeks with a guy who's been a youth pastor for a long time and he just took over as the senior pastor of yeah. a smaller church. He was a youth pastor at a larger church. Now he's a pastor of a smaller church. Yeah. And I want to talk to him about what's the difference. Yeah. Not to say that one's better or worse or more important or less important. I just want to know what's the difference from yeah. being on staff in ministry and being the leader, yeah. the quote unquote senior pastor. So I'm interested to get his take. All of that being said, if someone asked you, okay, you've got this daily anxiety of your church and ministry that that may be unique. What is a sabbatical? Is it just a vacation? Define it. Tell, tell, tell the average guy in the pew who's not sure what you're talking about, tell him what a guy would do if he goes on extended time off or on sabbatical. Yeah. What is it? I think part of the key is just, uh, again, coming to a couple of principles that um, it's very hard for pastors to kind of shut off their mind and to shut off the ministry mindset um, on a week-to-week basis. So even if we have good rhythms and all that, it still can be very difficult to kind of shut our minds down. Um, like for example, when you're having your quiet time, it can be hard when you're having your quiet time to think about your own heart and soul and yes. not to think about, how would I teach yeah. this? How would I lead a Bible study on this? Or I yeah. wish so-and-so exactly. would read this passage. Exactly. Like for me, literally last night I was in the shower and what I realized I was doing was preaching the sermon to myself <laughs> and trying to figure out how to articulate a certain point. Like I, that that really happened and I was like kind of snapped out of it. You know what I mean? But like um, you just realize you're doing stuff. Um, I mean, I've had multiple calls and things that happened that have made me miss a few days of vacation because mm-hmm. we're having to you know care for certain people. Mm-hmm. Like, like you just don't really get to plan certain things and it's hard to shut things off and it's hard to really have consistent rhythm sometimes because people are people and 
we're in the people business. And so like the idea is, um, it's hard for us to kind of shut things down and just have a real day off Mm -hmm. where we're not thinking about ministry or church or, or anything like that or people. Um, the other principle is that it's not a reward or a punishment. It's not necessarily, Hey, you get free vacation this year for, you know, you've done your time. Here's Mm -hmm. your reward. Um, but it's also not a punishment like, Hey, you're in trouble. Like you need to go sit in time out and then come Mm -hmm. back in a few months and then we'll talk about it. And I could see people in the pew leaning either way. Like, Oh, obviously he screwed something up. So he needs a break or I guess we're just giving him a pat on the back for 12 years of good work. When I was, uh, on my break, uh, I had a person tell me, they said, well, are you sure you're going to have a job? when you go back i'm like pretty sure i'm gonna have a job when i go back like uh, i'm not in trouble like i didn't do anything wrong right and so um yeah there's some so it's not a reward it's not a punishment and then the idea too that just like learning how to shut shut down and so what we did is we were very intentional i turned off all my notifications uh for any type of like ministry or group text that i was in uh, with other pastors with you know, group leaders or church leadership. Like I really turned all that off and I really try to limit my time on my phone. Uh, like I'm not really on social media already. So like I tried to cut that out um, completely and really just try to unplug in such a way that um, I could really just be present with, with where I was at and not try to think about where we should be or where we're headed or um, what's wrong or mm-hmm. anything like that. So like the idea for me was how can we unplug and just be present? And for me specifically, it's be present with my wife and with my boys. And maybe even with yourself. Some. Exactly. And so like we had good, like for one, man, I slept more. Like it, it felt really good to get a full night, to sl- a night of sleep every night, you know, uh, because it, there wasn't so much demand the next day of all these things I had to get done. And so I slept more, um, had great time in the word almost every day, um, had great, you know, like fishing, hiking, messing around with the kids, mm. um, connecting with my wife. We read a bunch of different like books just for fun. Yeah. Like we really just unplugged and existed and we're present with each other. And um, it was really, it was probably the most refreshing thing I've ever done for my own mm. soul. That's good. Yeah. So what would you say if a guy was getting ready to go? I'm going to ask uh, the positive and the negative. One, what would you say if you're going on some sort of sabbatical, you need to do this? And then the flip, what would you say, don't do this? What are the things you ought to do and the things that you should not do? And you kind of answered some of that, but... I think you've got to figure out the things that you really love to do. A lot of times we don't, especially as adults, we don't do the things we love to do because we're busy doing the things we have to do, right? We're shuffling kids to practice and, you know, there's, I mean, a lot of adults don't have hobbies. And so um, pretty much every pastor I've talked to, like, Part of the sabbatical is just doing stuff that you enjoy for fun. So that's very unspiritual. Yeah. And and you're saying that's part of yeah. it, is like to just do something that you enjoy. I it doesn't spe- have to be like Bible study or, no. you know. No. And so, like I spent hours fishing with my boys. Okay. Hours hiking with my family, like seeing creation, like... And those things were so worshipful. Like to watch my boys catch a fish and then just flip out and like be so excited... And like, I don't know, like that was the most refreshing and rewarding thing is just like got to, got to exist, got to be present, got to do fun stuff. Okay. And so that was really good for me. So like, whatever that, like you probably know, not every pastor is going to want to fish and hike, but what are the things that you maybe haven't been able to do as much of, or that you wish you could do or something that you'd want to try? Like, what does it look like for you to have fun? Okay. Whatever that means. So fun. Yeah. Do something you enjoy. Yeah. Have fun. What about the negative? What should you not do? Um, I think you're gonna have to communicate with your people. 
like the reasons why you're taking sabbatical and then put some parameters around it. Like you have to, like you shouldn't take those calls and mm. you shouldn't be a part of the text. Even if you don't respond, like you shouldn't be a part of those group chain text messages when they're on the positive or negative side, right? Like if the volunteers didn't show up for Sunday morning, like, and they're just talking, trying to figure it out. Like you mm. don't need to be in that. Like you want to be, stay a, away from it. You want to unplug and trust the people that you've put in place that God's given you, but you want to be able to not, you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're all, all of a sudden you're immediately back in ministry mode and solving problems and, you know, like, oh, I'd counsel it like this. I would do that. Like, you want to kind of really protect yourself in such a way that you you are able to unplug and, and not have to immediately go back into to ministry mode. Yeah. Uh, I like that. And I think what you just described has some practical benefits and some practical wisdom. I do think there's also a spiritual humility involved in what you just described. And it sort of reminds me of early in the book of Psalms. Once in Psalm 3, he says, I lay down and slept. I woke again for the Lord sustained me. And then in the very next chapter, chapter 4, it ends with, in peace, I lie down and sleep. You alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. And it's sort of the idea of, I I can't do it. I'm not going to pretend that I can do it. I'm dependent on God. and, And if I'm not awake... He's got it. And there's also a humility you're describing in the church where especially regular pastors who tend to be generalists Mm -hmm. and do a little bit of everything, we feel like they can't live without me. And that's so arrogant to say it out loud. But most think, I couldn't be gone because this wouldn't happen, this wouldn't happen. They need me there. And there's a little bit of a reality check in leaving and not being involved Mm -hmm. in those those day-to-days to say they can do it without yeah. me, or maybe it doesn't need to happen at all. Yeah. And so I well, like that. There's a lot of, like, it's a great opportunity for people to step up and, and to grow sure. in some leadership, sure. you know? Like, they, they literally can't lean on you while you're not there and you're unplugged. Sure. Um, at the same time, like, um, it does, I think, cause you to to put your trust in the Lord and know that at the end of the day, we can't really grow the church in the ways yeah. that actually matter. Yeah. Like we think we can, but like I have no ability to truly grow my church in the deepest, most important spiritual yeah. ways. God we, can do that. Yeah. God will sustain and so You if, can't do if it. If I'm in the pulpit or not, like God can do what he's going to yeah. do. And so like I needed that reminder. You yeah. Know? Oh, that's good. How often do you think a church should offer this to their pastor? Obviously, every church is a little bit different. Yeah, but if you just had to throw something out there, what do you think? Um, I mean, so the kind of principle at play here is: if you really want to be faithful for the long haul, then you've got to take care of your soul, right? And so, it's just like the physical exercise. Like you can't, if you want to be healthy at sixty and seventy, you need to eat right and exercise leading up to sixty and seventy, right? You just don't become mm. healthy one day. And so, like you gotta, you gotta be mindful and care for your soul. So, I think it has to be important uh, to pastors, and they have to do a good job in explaining to their leadership and to their church uh, about it. But I think every church is going to be different, and a smaller church may have a hard time pulling off a, mm. a sabbatical for a pastor yeah. than a bigger church. And you know, for a smaller church, a few weeks may be possible instead of three months. Mm. And and I think that's okay. I think, I think the better question is. Are we as a church really caring for the soul of our pastor too? Or are we asking him to constantly pour himself out, which he should be, but are we making sure that we're asking the right questions to make sure he's being taken care of so he can be faithful for the long haul? Yeah. Because I wonder how many of the guys who make the news for falling 
um, at what point they stopped caring for their soul. Right. And it just started to go downhill. I wonder too, even as you described that, I wonder, I wonder if, if the, the giving of time off or sabbatical for what we're talking about, if that was more common, I wonder if it would reduce the church hopping among pastors, yeah. which sometimes tends to just be, I'm sick of not necessarily these people, just of ministry. Yeah. And we get the grass is greener mm-hmm. idea and we think, well, maybe it would be better there, so I'll leave. Yeah. And I wonder if there was a little more built-in time yeah. to not burn out, to not you know be so worn thin. Maybe maybe those two things yeah. aren't related, but I can't help but think there's some correlation I, I there. I think so. In my experience, and I wonder what the exact stat is, but you know, most pastors don't stay at a church for more than seven years. Right. Oh, I think it's way less yeah. than that. I've heard at one point in Southern Baptist life, I've heard that it's closer to eighteen months to two yeah. years is the average. Yeah. So that's 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 maybe maybe that's not um where we're on to here, but I mean I think like um there would be less turnover. If if churches could learn how to ask questions to make sure the pastors being being ministered to as well, not just ministering constantly, I whether guess that would be the whether principle. that came out as a sabbatical exactly. or something else, exactly being concerned for the soul of the person who's concerned for your soul. Exactly, I like that idea. Yeah, would you say this is important for senior pastors, for staff members, for both? Is it equally pressing? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I. Th- I think the idea is for um, those in the pastoral where they're constantly caring for people. And so I've got some friends who, even with lay elders, they kind of force sabbatical and some time off with even lay elders. And it obviously look they don't necessarily get to go out of town for three months, but they take a break from the elder position for okay. a while and breathe and kind okay. of exist and sort of a, you rotate. Yeah. You're not on it forever, yeah. but maybe. You... But that but that time off is intentional too. Yeah. Like they're not like jumping into kids ministry and doing like they're actually breathing, kind of making sure they're okay, and yeah, then yeah. talk about reentry into that. But I think um, I think those upper level uh, leaders who are really overseeing uh, the pastoral care of the church and carrying those burdens as a whole. I think it's I think that's the that's the the idea behind it. Those who are um, who are doing it. and honestly, like I think it could be a case by case thing if somebody's not one of those upper level pastoral positions, but but could really benefit from some time off or yeah. who are really struggling. Like I think there's exceptions to yeah. it and all that. But I think one thing that's interesting we we probably don't have time to chase this rabbit, but you've made the point: the aim and the purpose of the sabbatical is not to think about ministry. At the same time, you and I just went and had lunch, Mama Sita's, mm-hmm. and I tried not to bring too much of this up so we yeah. didn't have to have the conversation <laughs> twice. But in going away and not doing church things and unplugging and disconnecting, it does seem to me that you came back with some renewed vision yeah. and purpose and direction and clarity. And maybe you know that's just a, a coincidence or maybe it's a fruit of... The disconnect helps you to come back and see things more clearly. It's yeah. not like you went away to revision. You went away to get away, yeah. but you did come back with some new vision and exactly. excitement. So it's it worked a, it's towards almost, that end anyways. Yeah, it's almost like once I rested and unplugged, then I could finally see again. Yeah. Like I don't know how to explain it other yeah. than that. It's like all the stuff that like I feel like God's leading us to do now, like none of it's necessarily revolutionary and um or even new. Some of it's like, hey, we need to keep doing this. Yeah. Some of it's like, we need to really just kind of do this now. Like, it, I don't know. I just feel like I, I breathed, I yeah. slept, and now I can see. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and, and so, like, 
I don't know. Okay, so it was good for my family, but like coming back into ministry, it's like I'm ready to go. Yeah. Like I feel excited yeah. and I'm convinced that that there's some things that are going to be good and there's some things God's asking us to do and and I want to lead it out. I don't have to lead out in like I get to, yeah. you know. And so it's just different. Like I yeah. feel great and I can I feel like I can see. That's cool. One last question. Um thinking in the context of regular pastoral ministry, normative sized churches, churches that are not big, churches that are uh you know, between 75 and a couple hundred. My guess is that there are tons of regular pastors who would love to have something like this made available, but there's no one in their church, there's no one in leadership pushing for it. You had someone, yeah. and here at Emmanuel, I have people who who do that, and yeah. and we're blessed with that for sure. But I've been at churches where no one was thinking in those terms, yeah. and I know guys who are at churches where no one is thinking in those terms, where the mindset. To go back to my earlier story is, well, no one ever did that for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What advice would you give to that guy? Would you... Yeah. I'll just throw it open. I won't even try to lead you. What yeah. advice would you give to the guy who says, man, I'd love to have that, but it ain't happening yeah. at my church? Well, um, that it, like for one, that's sad, right? Um, and I know guys are in hard places like that. I think part mm-hmm. of it is hopefully... Hopefully he's got a leadership of guys around him that he can begin teaching them and, and talking about this thing. Like the idea of of good rhythms of rest and work, they're they're really like they apply to everybody in our congregation. So like we should be talking about uh, rhythms of work and rest a lot just for the care of our people and to help them understand that they need rhythms and overwork is bad, laziness is bad. Like okay. and there is some some rhythms that are really healthy that are not just good for you like physically, but like they're good for your heart and good for your family and all that. And so like I think he's like the guy needs to talk to, about that a lot and help the guys understand um so help help your people see it in their own life yeah. first. And then um, carry that over into yours as well. Okay. And I don't think it's wrong to ask um, or um, hope, again, each church is so unique, but like, I think being open and honest with the guys who are leading with you, like, hey, I feel really tired. I feel like, like I really can't see where the church needs to go. I feel like I need to pause or breathe. Like, I don't think it's wrong to necessarily tell that to your guys and just begin to fill them out and see where they're at, you yeah. know? Um, but each church is so unique. I do think as a pastor, you want to be as honest with you can about where you're at, how you feel, yeah. and and some of the maybe the internal struggles that you may or may not be having. having. So I think that's scary for a lot of guys yeah. to think about, you know, pastors, every, every pastor I know wants to be seen as competent and yeah. capable, which is ironic because we're not, <laughs> yeah. and we shouldn't want people to see us that way. But it's just reality. You want to be seen as as able to do the job and the ministry that's been entrusted to you and the church has asked you to do. And I think for a lot of guys, it's a scary thing to stand up in front of anyone, yeah. church or elder body or deacons or you know council, whatever your, your setup looks like, and to just say, I need this. Yeah. I think a lot of guys are afraid the, the comeback would be, well, maybe we don't need you. Like maybe yeah. you maybe you can't handle it. Maybe you're not cut out for it. Maybe you're called somewhere else. But I agree with you. I think if yeah. you're in a place where it's not happening and you don't have that voice uh, championing championing this for you, that you have to teach and you have to help your people see the value of it. 
And uh, and it may be incremental. You may not yeah. jump right out and say, "Hey, yeah. I need three months away paid." Yeah. But maybe you start off with you know a weekend once yeah. a year or yeah. a, a couple of weeks. Well, something small. And so, like the the kind of the the spiritual side of this is Jesus is our rest, and right, not a sabbatical. Yeah. And so, like sabbatical or not, like God can sustain us. Sure. Regardless. Sure. The other thing is. If you have no hope of ever getting extended time off or a sabbatical, like you can work in some rhythms, you know, a day or two off a week. Mm-hmm. Um, you can take a morning a week and just say, hey, I'm turning my phone off. I'm going to pray. Right. Yeah. Like that's a, such a good exercise that we tend to yeah. neglect. You can take, you know, a, a couple days, a quarter and just kind of get away. Um, on your vacations, you can like say, Hey guys, we're going to be on vacation this week. I'm really going to turn my phone off. Yeah. And, and you know, you can start small with some of that, yeah. uh, caring for your own soul, teaching your guys that, Hey, I'm going to be gone for seven days and yeah. I'm not going to be reachable and y'all have got this, yeah. you know, and just kind of begin to, to, to give some of that over. Like in time, I think, uh, a lot can happen if you have good, healthy rhythms yourself and you're yeah. starting to kind of teach through some of that and live through some of that. Yeah. So, man, really good stuff. I appreciate your wisdom. I'm glad uh, to talk to you about it. I'm grateful that your church uh, stepped up and handled this the way that they did. Yeah, and, that was great. And uh, am grateful that you are now back in our community, uh, ready to go again. Yeah. You know, feeling refreshed. And I think that's good for you and your family. I think it's good for your church in the end. Uh, I think the the month of difficulty without you will pay dividends for Absolutely. them. And, uh, and also for the kingdom. So appreciate your time coming in to, yeah, to visit it. about it. Yeah, thanks. Right on. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Regular Pastor Podcast. You can check us out online, regularpastor.com. We've got links to social media, resources for regular pastors. Uh, we'd love for you to contact us with questions or suggestions or requests or feedback. Until next time, this is the Regular Pastor. Out.